I'm excited. We have a, uh, a friend with us, a guest with us, somebody that I've just gotten to meet here uh, this past week, uh, Brother Edgar from Guatemala. Edgar, you can begin to come up. Um, for those of you that call Mercy Hill home, you know that for the last several years, um, every year, either in January or I think November is when we went last year. I can't remember if we went in November the last two years. But anyway, every year we usually send a team down to an orphanage in Guatemala called Casa Bernabe. Um, Edgar and his wife Sarah are the uh, um, directors of that orphanage. And uh, you guys know, again, for those of you that call Mercy Hill home, that we, uh, we, 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 we love missions and we want to support missionaries, but we want to have a relationship um, with those people uh, that we're supporting. And that's an ongoing process and something that, that we're growing in. Um, but today's a big, a big part of that because I want you guys to be able to have a face and, um, and just to be able to get to know a little bit this morning, Edgar, who's doing a great, a great work down there um, in the Lord's strength at the orphanage. And so, Edgar, it's all yours, my friend. It's a privilege, privilege to have you. Thanks, my friend, Eric. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Sugar Creek, Walnut Creek, Apple Creek. What kind of creek is this? Berlin. Oh, no creek in here. Berlin. Berlin. Oh, in between. I thought I was in one of the creeks that exist in this beautiful place. One quick thing. My son, my, my youngest son, in the car, we were driving around here. They were taking us to places. And he would hear a bunch of creeks. Creek, all the town's creek. And then he asked me at the end, like, Daddy, is there a, is there a pizza creek in this town? <laughs> oh, no, there's no pizza creek. I don't think there's a pizza creek. But anyways, <clears throat> um, I'm so happy and, and I feel privileged to be here this morning with you guys. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's already, no matter where we are, whenever we share the, the scriptures, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very strong commitment before, before the Lord and privilege uh, just to open up the Bible and share his word. So it is to me a big privilege to be here. Uh, and it's even a greater privilege because I'm in a new church. I've never been here before. I've been to other churches, but never been here. But I've known people from this place for 17 years, 20 years. So it's, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a big day today. It's a big, big week today because after 20, 17 years, we get to come here and get to know a little closer the people that for that long support us. For that long, they know what we do. They've already been there. I don't know how many of you guys have been to Guatemala or to our place. Oh, just a few. Oh, all right. Uh, well, we, we get teams from this church so every year for the last maybe five years or so. But, um, well, let me introduce you then, introduce myself to you guys then, because I, I want to maybe share a little bit of who I am, who we are, and then, and then, and then we'll read... Uh, the word that God has for us, but just I'm going to try to be short on who we are. I don't know if my ladies are already here. Are you here, my lady, my wife? Is that uh, all right? Ashley's here. All right, so they're already here. But we were not. Uh, we had some issues in the hotel this morning. That's why we were kind of late today. But um, I want to introduce you with my lady, but she's already with the children. But uh, I grew up in the orphanage. I actually came to Casa Bernabe when I was five. Uh, I, 
I came from a different orphanage when I was a baby, a little kid. My mom placed us, all four of us, in two different orphanages. And then when I was five, he brought us together in this brand new orphanage called Casa Bernabe. I'm talking 35 years ago. And, and, and since then, I grew up, not too much, but I grew up, whatever I did, whatever happens, I grew up at the orphanage uh, till I was 18. And that's where they gave me the uh, love me, uh, care for me, uh, uh, taught me, uh, form, uh, no, no, not, that's not the right word, uh, uh, education and spiritual uh, education as well and all, everything else. A hundred kids growing up at the orphanage. When I turned 18, they, they offered me a job at the orphanage. <laughs> they offered me to be a teacher, and I accepted wanted to be a teacher, like a math teacher. I, I, I loved math. And then I, started, I went to college, working at the orphanage. Went to college and graduated, and then I stayed serving the Lord at the orphanage till today. And I don't know for how long more we're going to be serving at the same place, the same ministry that served me, served my, my siblings, and, and, and thousands and thousands of more kids. And, and, and now I have the privilege to just with my wife, with my children, to serve at this, the same orphanage, the same ministry that, that served me when I was a child. Now I get to serve a bunch of more kids, a bunch of more families in the whole country. So to me, that's a huge privilege. Uh, I was telling the, the people that came last Friday to that event that we had, that to me, I would, never, I would not change what I do today for anything else. If somebody hears tells me, come to the United States and I'll give you this job and I'll pay you $100,000 $100, a month or whatever, I'll say no. Whatever, whatever else, I've been to many, many other places and I haven't found a better place to serve God. I haven't found a, a better thing to do but Casa Bernabe. And that's just, with, with my lady and my kids, it, it is for us a big privilege to serve all these kids and all these families. And, and we will do it until Jesus says, until God says, this is it, no more. You can go and find a place in Sugar Creek and move on and, and have a better life, like a beautiful, in a beautiful town, just to retire or something like that. But that's talking another 60 more years, I guess. But this would be a nice place to come and, and, and just enjoy this place. It's a beautiful place here. I was not imagining this. I was not expecting how this, this beautiful place but more than that, beautiful people. It's nice, nice people here in this town. And, um, and just the way that, that God connects people, his people, his family, in different places. One of the dreams that I had when I was a kid, though, I'm not going to share a bunch of that because that's a long story, but I did have a one dream when I was a kid. And I was like, God, if you, if you just do what I want, if you just, if you just accomplish my dreams, I'll, I'll serve you. I would, I would, I would, I would, uh, I would always honor you. I would always uh, share about your goodness, share about your, about your love. I would always, if you just get me out of here and, and just, and just uh, uh, let me be an engineer. I always wanted to be a civil engineer. I always loved buildings, constructions, bridges, houses, and stuff like that. Give me, give me a, a, a big family. Give me a, not a pretty, pretty wife. I want to have a big family, something I never had before. And, and, and I had all those dreams. And I was like, if you do all that, Father, 
I will serve you. I would, I would, whenever I have the opportunity to, 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 to witness, to share about your love, I'll do it. And man, he's been taking me to all these churches and all these places just to share about how good he is, how, how, how big he is, he is and his love. And, and right now, being in front of you guys, I don't, I don't know most of you guys, and, and this is just part of that dream, part of that dream that, that I, I asked God, and, and now he gets to just spoil me in that way. I'm living a dream. My dream become truth. And, and uh, this is us. And this is what we do in Guatemala. And it's a huge blessing having a church like this, not only sending teams down, down in Guatemala through John and, and, and a bunch of other people that are already here that, that know what we do down there, are part of us. But also you guys pray for us, and you guys... Uh, uh, also support us in so many other ways. And, oh, there's my lady. And Ashley and my oldest son, Andy. Uh, I already introduced you, but this is my lady right here, Sarah. She's from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Chiefs, Royals, uh, what else? Sporting KC. So uh, she moved uh, 17 years ago. We met at Casa Bernabe. And we got to know each other a little bit more. And we got married, and now we have kids, and now we serve together. So that's a short story version, but I have a huge privilege to just do what we do with my lady. All right, now let's go to, to, to what I'm here for, all right? Uh, Mark, I don't know if, uh, if you guys bring your Bible. Mark uh, 10, Mark 10. Mark 10, 13 to 16. I only have a Spanish version here. I don't know if you guys would understand if I read it in Spanish. All right? But can somebody read it in English? Can somebody has a, a micro, microphone? Oh, all right. Pastor Eric will read it in English. Let me read it? Yes, please. The Mark 10 from uh, 13 to 16. Please. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. All right. This is a short passage, uh, passage in the Bible that sometimes we just read it and just keep going, keep moving, like many others. And we don't stop and really study what was, what was behind this passage. And I found three important things in this passage that I, want, I would like to share with you guys this morning, three of them. Number one, I'd like you guys to think what kind of kids this passage, passage is talking about. I'd like you guys to think, to go back to that time and think, huh, wait a moment, wait a second. What kind of kids is Jesus talking about here? Can you guys try to think a little bit if 2,000 years ago, 2019 years ago, 
Jesus is right here speaking to a lot of people. Like, you're the people. Like, not in a beautiful building like this, but just out there in the streets. Just out there in the, in the sun and, the, and, the, and the, this heat or maybe snow, I don't know. Like, but outside, he was sharing that day. And of course, this was not the only time that this happened, but let's talk just only about this time. A bunch of people, a lot of people, you know that, that a lot of people, when they knew that Jesus was going to speak, a lot of people show, show up. Like, what kind of kids is he, were, were, were around that people that were trying to come close to Jesus? Can you guys give me ideas of what kind of kids? Can someone, orphans, little kids, suffering, what kind of kids? What else? Naughty kids, yeah, sick kids, street, kids from the streets that had no place to go, they would go to those, to those big talks, like widows who show up. Like, do you think that the children from the Pharisees, the Pharisees' children will be there? Do you think so? Huh? Pharisees, children? I don't think so. The escribas, 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 uh, scribes, children will be there? I don't think so. The rich people, the rich people's kids will be there? I don't think so either. I don't think that they were protected probably in their homes. Maybe the scribes and the Pharisees will be there, yes, trying to find something wrong in Jesus. But what kind of kids were the majority of them trying to get closer to Jesus? Were the orphans, the sick kids, the kids that have nobody out there, or the poor, the poor communities, the poor children, they were the ones that were trying to get closer to Jesus. So have that in mind. That's the number one thing that I want you guys to think of, all right? Number two, very important. Who were the ones rejecting these children, rejecting them from coming closer to Jesus. Who were the ones? Huh? His own disciples. Not the people, not the community, not the people around Jesus. They weren't letting, they, were, they wanted the children to go close to Jesus. But who were the ones trying to provide, prevent that and pushing them away? Like, tell them, no, no, you orphans, get out of here. You sick kids, like, stink, you stink. Get out of here. Move on. Go all the way to the back. Who were they? Who were doing that? His own disciples. So it was just nobody, not, not just anybody. His own disciples were doing that. That's why Jesus got so indignant. Is that, right? Is that what you said in, in English? Indignate. That's why Jesus got so indignant. Because it was his own disciples, the ones rejecting them. And just a few days before, Jesus was giving them a huge lesson about what these children bring to them. What could these children b bring to them? How important these children was for Jesus. Just, just yesterday, Jesus told them yesterday, because they were arguing on the way to, to that city, like, who was the most important. Because they, they, were, they were already thinking, 
like when Jesus disappears, who's, who's going st- to take his place among 12, 12 disciples? Who's going to be the most important here? John? Luke? Like, who's going to be more? Like, they were discussing that. Jesus knew that that's what they were doing. When they got home, Jesus, Jesus asked them, why were you discussing that? Like, who, who will be the most important among you when I leave? And, and of course, they, they did not know what to say. But Jesus told them, if you're going to be the most important one, be like one of them. He, he took a child in his lap and told him, Have, be, be like one of these kids. Get to know this, his heart, and, and you'll be the most important one. Serve others. Be the last one. Then you'll be the most important ones. So that day, when the disciples were rejecting the children away from Jesus, he got so indignant because he, he just taught him that lesson over and over and over. And 2019 years later, his own, his own disciples, not 12, now thousands and thousands of disciples, millions of his disciples all over the world, still doing the same thing. So it was not only back then. It, what, what, what I am experiencing today, when I go to churches in other countries, or, or in Guatemala especially, it is the same thing that Jesus experienced that day. His own disciples rejecting the children, the orphans, the, the neglected ones, the forgotten ones, the ones that the society don't want, don't want the widows, the kids and families in need, they're rejecting them. They don't want them. They're on their way. They don't want to deal with them. So the same thing we're experiencing today in, in a huge, in a bigger magnitude. Not only 12 disciples, millions of his disciples rejecting his own children. Now that's a number two. Number three, <clears throat> And probably the most important thing tonight. To, uh, it looks like tonight. It looks like, it seems like this is an uh, already evening, but no, it's during the day, huh? Not tonight, this morning. The third thing and probably the most important, this is what, what I want you guys to take home to, today. The third aspect of this short, but the really short passage. Jesus told them in, in verse um, 15. Surely, I, I don't know how to say it, how, how to say in English, but if 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 you don't if if you don't receive if if you don't <clears throat> if you don't let them in if you, if you don't let them how how does it say in English? Can you read it again? Oh, there you go. Truly, I say to you. However, this is to the, his disciples, not to the people. He was not, he's not talking to the other people. He's talking this to his disciples. He's, he's telling us this to us, to his disciples. Truly, I say to you, however, does, however does not receive, what is it? Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So, in other words, Jesus told him, listen, guys, if, you, if you're interested in my kingdom, if you, if you want to enter to my kingdom, be like one of them. Like, let them in. 
Now, I, w- I want... Uh, now, my question is, how, how can we be like one of them? How can we be like one of them? How can we let them in? How, how, how can I do that? How can I be, how can my heart be like one of their, this child's heart? Because their heart is the closest as possible to Jesus' heart. That's what he's telling us. Their heart is the closest as possible than Jesus' heart. Now, how can I get that heart? How can my heart be like them so I can be closer to Jesus? So I can be closer to his kingdom? How can I do that? Um, and this is, this is what, where I, wanna, what I want to get uh, this morning. <clears throat> uh, I got two guys. I got two friends, two good friends right here that I want them to come from with me. Uh, as they come um, and do their job, this is the question this morning. How can my heart be as close as possible to a child? And remember the kind of kids, just to remember the kind of kids that were there that morning, that day, and every day that Jesus was preaching, that Jesus was with a lot of people, the kind of kids were there. Now, we can also be like our kids, our own biological kids, yes, and, and we'll learn a lot from them as well. But especially, you will learn more from these other kinds of children. But we still learn from, in general, children. Um, how can our, my heart be like their heart, so therefore be like Jesus' heart and enter to his kingdom, and be a part of his kingdom? Now, the, the, probably the, the most, one of the, I'll talk about other, other ways that a child's heart is, but one of the most things that fascinates me of how a, a heart of a child is, is the kind of faith that they manage. The kind of faith that they manage. Have, have you noticed that? Like the faith that they have in their parents, in God, in Jesus, and, and just how, the amount of faith that they carry, that they manage, it's just unbelievable. Now, when I was a child at Casa Bernabé, they taught me all these. And, and they were talking to me about all these promises in the Bible. Thousands and thousands of promises in the Bible. And, 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 and they would always tell me, you have to believe in these promises like a child. Not like an adult. Like a child. And, and, and I want to give you an example of this. Um, have you seen... A little closer. There you go. Right there. Many, 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 many promises in the Bible. Is that right? All of them are conditioning. All of them are conditioning. They have one condition. Remember, you guys know Psalm, one of the, the, the most popular Psalm. Which one is it? Psalm 23. Is that right? Who of you knows it by uh, memor- memorized it? See, everybody. See? Everybody knows Psalm 23. Easy. The easiest one, right? How many of you believe in that? And not only believe in it, live, live that 
promise? That's, that's another question with a different answer. Is that right? It starts like, Jehovah is my shepherd, and I don't know what else in English, but it ends saying that all my days, can you put that up there? All right, the, the very last one, the very last, uh, all right. Surely, goodness and mercy shall, shall, shall follow me all days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, goodness and love, mercy. And, well, in, my, in other translations, it's love. But let's call this guy goodness. This is goodness right here. All right? Goodness. Eh? <laughs> goodness. And this guy is mercy. All right? Goodness and mercy. Now, what does it say up there? That goodness and mercy, what? Will follow me a few days of my life? Huh? Only on Sundays? All the days of my life, they'll follow me. See? Whether if I want to or not, they will always follow me. See? Whether if I like them or not, they'll always follow me. Whether if, if, uh, even if I'm sick, if you're sick, they'll always follow you. If you don't have a job, they'll always follow you. See, even if you, when you're young, like this young man that have come to Guatemala, they follow you. Goodness and mercy, goodness and love will always follow you. And always, always, always follow me. When I was, since I was a kid, they always follow me, all right? And even, even if, I, if I fall, what do they do? They'll pick me up and follow me. Follow me. Every single day of my life. Like wherever I go, they follow me. And that's the promise of God. Amen. Since I was a kid, I always believed all his promises. And they taught me at Casa Barnabé that not only to believe in him, but leave them. Leave them. And they always follow me. Like I know when I leave this place, Move on to here and tomorrow, today, and tomorrow and Tuesday, tomorrow tomorrow, they'll be with me. Goodness and mercy, I'll be with me. I, I might not see them. People don't see them, but I know they're there for me. Anytime, any 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 situation in my life, they'll be there for me. Now there's a condition. He has to be my shepherd. I have to follow him. If I, if I accomplish that condition, then they'll always follow me. Well, a lot of Christians, they say, like, there's another one. There's a big one. Oh, all things, all things uh, work for good. Is that right? Good for good. So don't worry about it. All things work for good. Well, no. There's a condition. Only to those that who? That what? That love God. See, that's a condition there. If you do love God, then, well, yes. That promise, it is true. And you believe and believe the promise. But only if you love God. 
that all things work for good. But there's always a condition. Now, a child, a child, this is, this is they, they do believe this. Now, what happens when we grow and we stop believing? What happens? Something happens in, in me that, that the more I grow, my faith, it seems kind of like it goes down and down. That's why Jesus says, listen, guys, be like them. Keep your heart like their heart. Keep your faith like their faith. Now, this is, this is a, a, a obedience. Part of their heart is how they obey the obedience, uh, their uh, honesty, humbleness, uh, sincer- sincer- uh, sincerity. Like we can talk about uh, forgiveness. Forgiveness. The kids, we, when we're kids, we tend to forgive anything. Have you seen that in, with your own kids? They fight. Five minutes later, they're best friends again. They forgive. They forgive and they forget. We forgive, but we don't forget. So the kind, the kind of heart that they have to forgive is the kind of heart that he wants us to have when we forgive. And, and, and all these other things that a child's heart have that is close to Jesus' heart that will open up his kingdom for us here on earth. That's what he wants for us. And to me, the faith, the kind of faith that they have now, why a child, especially people, kids like from from like like that used to be in that where, where Jesus and his disciples, the kind of kids that we're talking about, especially them. Why would they believe in anything that we we, we tell them? They always believe when we tell the, our kids at the orphanage what's yet to come in their future. They believe. They do believe. And I'm like, okay, if this crazy man is telling me that this is going to happen to me, I'll believe that. When they talk to me about Jesus, about God, like, they're all right. They believe. But why it's easy for a child to believe and harder for us to believe? It's simple. The more, the more we have, the more knowledge we have, the more money we have in our bank account or in our wallets, the more we, the more experience we have, the more we trust in that and less in God. The more experience we have in life, it's hard for us to, to, to trust God, to believe in Him. Because we have so much. We have too much. We know too much. And that's when the enemy comes. But a child, they don't have nothing. Like, the kids at the orphanage, what do they have? What do they have? What, what do they have to lose? What can they lose if they believe? They don't lose nothing. They don't have nothing to lose. They don't, have, they don't even have a... Sometimes they don't even have a name to lose. They don't have a history to lose. They don't have... They, don't have a, they, they have no money to lose. They have no reputation to lose. So for them, it's easy to believe. But when we have so much to lose, it's hard to believe. When we have so much to lose, 
it gets harder, it gets tough, it gets harder for us to believe. That's why Jesus tells us this morning, don't, don't, don't trust, don't, 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 no pongas tu, yeah, don't trust in your, in your own intelligence. Don't trust in what you have, what you know. Don't trust. Trust in me. Because the more we have, the more we have, the more we know, the least we think we need of him. And a child that does not have nothing to lose, nothing to lose, will always believe. Now, when, when, when I was a kid, and they were telling me all these things that could happen to me when I was a, older, it was easy for me to believe. Because I had nothing to lose. I'm like, what, what else can happen to me? Like, easy. I'll just, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. No problem. Oh, you're telling me there's a God and there's Jesus? All right, I'll take it. What, what do I have to lose? Nothing. Now, what do you have to lose this morning? What, what do you have there to lose? Like we, I assume that we're all Christians here, but yet we have so much to lose. And sometimes that's what limited, limit, limited us, limits us to believe in God, in Jesus Christ. See? They're still there. They'll always be there. They're coming with me to Guatemala. Is that right? Is that right? I wish they'll come with me to Guatemala physically like that. <laughs> but good thing here is that physically they'll stay. But I know that goodness and love or mercy will always follow me. They've been always there for me. I can, I can give you uh, I can give you testimonies and examples of how on a daily basis they've been with me every single day of my life. And they'll always be there. Always be there for me, for my lady, my kids, and our ministry. And to anyone that believes that he's our shepherd. And that we follow the shepherd. And we love the, our shepherd. So, God bless you. Thanks for listening to us. And this is the word that God has for us this morning. And thank you for having us here to this beautiful church, this beautiful place. And we can tell them thanks. Thank you so much, uh, Josh and Jordan, my bodyguards right there. See? Goodness and mercy. They're my bodyguards forever. Amen? God bless you.